Heavenly Father, we just uh, we thank you for this time, this place, this fellowship, Lord. Just encourage me today, Lord, to spread what you want spread today. Your words come out of my mouth, Lord, that you encourage us all. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. So how did all this trouble start, right? And how did we end up in the things in life that we end up in? Uh, and... Uh, the name of today's sermon, Ben, you got this? Are you paying attention, Ben? Okay. Uh, God cannot. Right? Today's sermon, God cannot. Okay? So we're going to go back to the beginning. Genesis, chapter 3, verse 6. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave it to her husband with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Right? So there's the first covering. Right? So it comes from here but because they had their eyes seen something pleasant. Desire came upon them to go test this out. All right? Instant social distancing. As soon as they took a bite from the apple, sin came into the world. From that point on, everything is trouble. We don't, we don't blame Satan. We blame God all the time, for all the stuff in our life. How come God can allow this? How come God did that? Why does God allow these things to happen in my life? Nobody ever says Satan coaxed them by the, the three issues, right? Lust of the heart, the eyes, and the pride of life, right? Those are the things that attack us, and that's what devil went after. They took a bite. She offered to her husband. He took a bite, and then they blamed God. That's what we always do, right? We always end up blaming God. First James, James, uh, sorry, James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who loved him. Blessed is the man who endures, who lives through the suffering of the temptation, right? Endures. Proved that he can, right? There's going to be temptations in your life, and what do we do with this? this, this these few verses right here, to me, is addiction hit head on. That we see something, we don't have to follow through with it. Let no one say when he is tempted, I am tempted by God, for God cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he himself tempt anyone. God can't socialize with sin. He can't. That's something God can't do. Imagine that. There's something God can't do. 
He can't stop us from enjoying sin. But we're going to blame him for allowing us to. When it's our total free will to go do this. Right? It's up to us to make that decision to not follow through with it. But each one is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Right? There's something that you want. There's something that you know you can have. Satan knows it, and he dangles it like a carrot in front of you. Now, I can just say, no, I'm not going there. Or I start looking at the carrot, and I want to chase it. I want to go after that. That's where my life ends up. Why? Because I'm enticed of what my desire is. Right? My desire is to get drunk. <laughs> I like being drunk. So I have a thought about that, and I go down the road with it. That, here it comes. Verse 15. Then when desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it's full grown, brings forth death. Right? So I have a thought. When I have the thought, I have not sinned. A lot of people think, oh, I was thinking of that, so I must be a sinner, so I might as well go do it, right? But the thought, I cast down, right? I have a thought, I'm in detox, there's the honey of my dreams, right? So I validate that by having a fantasy of where we're going to go. Now it's a sin, okay? So I have a thought. I need a cigarette. I forget about it. This is going to wreck you, the whole sermon. I need a cigarette. <laughs> so then I go, I know I have one in my pocket, and the light is in my other pocket, and I'll just go out and say, that's when it goes to sin. Right? I put a plan together. Right? I think I want to get high. I cast down that thought. I change the channel. I go to something else. Or I go... Nope, I know there's a guy down the street that's got this. I can make this phone number. Now it's crossed over to sin. It's as simple as Nancy Reagan said back in the day. Just say no. Right? Cancel that thought. If I have a TV clicker in my hand and I'm watching stuff and I see something, instantly I go, I don't want to watch that. I hit the button. I see something that really... Maybe there's some women that ain't as closed as they should be, and I decide I'm going to watch that. I crossed over. I didn't change the channel. I could have changed the channel. I didn't. I decided to stay there, and I went into sin. That's what this is saying. That's because they took a bite of the apple. God did not tempt me of that. Satan knows that of me, but Satan's greatest thing is it's not him, right? But my desires, right, there's nothing more wicked than the heart of man. No, nothing more deceitful than the heart of man, right? And I deceive myself by chasing something that isn't true. Right? I chase things that I think about rather than what is fact. How do I know that? How do I know that I continue down roads like this? Because I have the greatest book on the planet that explains those things to me. 
If I'm willing to settle down, rest in, hear the word of God, fellowship with other people that are willing to follow the word of God, it falls into place and I'm able to do that. 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. Do not love the world or things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. That's kind of a bold statement. I love my motorcycle. I love my house. I love my wife. She's in the world. She's part of this world. Does that mean the love of God is not in me? When I begin to think more of so God's, God's world, right? God, relationship, children. But what happens is I put relationship, children, God. Right? I put them ahead of God. So now I'm not fellowshipping with God first. I'm fellowshipping with my relationship. I'm fellowshipping with my children. And then I'm fellowshipping with God. By the time I get to God, I really need Him because everything else broke down along the way. When the relationship breaks down, then the children get aggravating. I need relief, so I don't go to God. I go to drugs, alcohol, sex. Right? That's what it just said right here. The love of the Father was not in me. God can't fellowship with sin, so if I decide to take my eyes off God and I go to, what is sin? Anything that's not of God. <laughs> right? So what I'm thinking about doing is telling God to sit down, and he has to, and I'm going to go fellowship with my wife before I have the relationship with God to make the relationship with my wife good. That's what that's just said. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I don't think so. For all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, oh, sorry, lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, is not in the Father, but is of the world, right? So, often when I talk, I, I love God the way he, he tells me to do things, or he suggests I should do things. <laughs> Two words in here, lust and pride. The lust of the flesh and lust of the eyes, right? So lust, the meaning of lust, this is powerful, man. At its worst, lust is fueled by idolization and projection of what we want to see rather than what the reality of the solution is. So when my eyes, in human form, in my sin nature, I see nothing but a prayer answered exactly the way I want it to, even though in reality, it can't be done that way. <laughs> because it's an answer of the flesh and not an answer of God because I didn't invite God into it. Why didn't I invite God into it? Because lust was in it. See? So I know God placed this woman in front of me to do something with. Not true. I'm having a fantasy that God put this person here because the results aren't going to end that way. I know I, 
I believe I love God, but I'm going to chase drugs for the answer because I left God behind. He's not going to give me those drugs for the answer. Now, again, I always talk about drugs here. Now, I, I believe that the brain is an organ that has issues, and there are medications that people need to have, just like they need liver medication, need heart medication, blood pressure medication. There's brain medication also. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what we chase instead of God. And here's what he's saying, right? That the reality of the situation isn't going to change even though I believe it is because I'm not fellowshipping with God, I'm fellowshipping with myself, right? God's third on the list rather than first on the list. Pride. A feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements. Well, I did it before. Of course I can do it again. I can get clean and sober on my own. I don't need anybody's help. I did it before. Well, if you're doing it again, then you miss something. <laughs> right? I know I can go into this relationship. I don't have to get married. Just because God wants us to have sex after we get married, that doesn't mean that that's right. God will cover me. That's right. God will bless you. But he will not bless that relationship. He can't. It's a sin. That's what this book says. He's not condemning you, but he's not the one that's causing the issues. Satan's running in there and playing in it because you're in Satan's world. You're not in God's world. You're living in the world's idea. It's okay. You don't have to get married anymore. Marriage is going out the window. Why? Because everybody got divorced. Relationships are thrown away. There's no recovery from them. Why? Because most of them were built on sex before they were built on a relationship. Because God was third in the list. It's just what happens. Such precious words. Lust and pride. Hmm. What else came from lust and pride? Lucifer. Lucifer was the best, wasn't he? He was the best in heaven. When he was Lucifer, he was the best. He was God's created best. What happened? Pride showed up. He said, not only am I going to be you, God, but I'm going to be greater than you, God. That's why he hates pride so much. He doesn't want anything to do with pride. He can't fellowship with pride. Why? Because you won't let him in. You're too busy being in you. Then you look for relief. You don't go back to God because he's not part of the situation. So you bring another relief in, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. Matthew chapter 7. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it. Because narrow is the gate and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Again, wide gate. The wide gate is drugs and alcohol, kids, relationship, God. 
right? Drugs and alcohol is the answer. Kids start, I start thinking of my kids more than my relationship. I start thinking of my relationship, and then I start thinking about God. And when I start thinking about God, I'm blaming them for all the issues because I'm in the wide gate of what the world tells me to do. Not what God tells me to do, not what the Bible tells me, but what the world tells me to do. I'm willing to follow what the world tells me to do more than I'm willing to follow what God tells me to do. I'm just not doing it. I'm not following what you prescribe, but it's your fault that I'm, I'm in the position that I'm in. Narrow, right? I think that gate's getting so narrow right now, right? It's churches are, are falling off the planet, right? It's just everything is coming apart all over the place because that gate is closing up. Right? Why? Because what has to be first in the narrow gate? God. God has to be first in every thought that I have, every motion that I do. God first, God first, God first. I gotta make a phone call, I think I'm gonna get a job. Talk to God first, have him imply whether you're gonna get the job or not, and accept the answer. I think I'll get an apartment. Oh, here's one, God must have pointed it out for me. I call him up, no, you gotta give me this apartment. God wants me to have this apartment. No, you can't have it. Well, God wouldn't have shown it to me like that. Why do you do that to me, God? You got me so excited that I was going to get this apartment, but when I got there, they wouldn't give it to me. Why'd you do that to me, God? So that's not the apartment God pointed out for you. That's the one that your pride got in the way for and caused the issues, and now you're going to go get drunk because God wouldn't take care of you. <laughs> no, it doesn't work that way, right? God, then myself if I'm not in a relationship, and then a relationship if it's me or a relationship, but the relationship can't be of sex, right? It has to be of friendship. And the friendship, why friendship? Because they want, God wants you to go through tough times in a relationship that if it's going to come apart, let it come apart. But if it's going to get stronger, sex ain't in the middle of it. It becomes a weapon in there. It's not true friendship, it's not true love, it's just sex. Having sex with someone doesn't prove that they love you. Staying there in difficult times is proof that they love you. First, you need to be able to do that and make your way through that in order to have that. The only way that works is if God's first. I don't need another answer. God is first, always. Then my kids. Then my kids. That comes third down the road here. Kids always end up being first. Always, in everything that we do. First, I gotta make sure my kid's all right. First, I gotta make sure my kid has this. And then what happens is, Satan gets in there and causes a riffle between us and our children, and then it's like, oh my God, he's here now. What does he want now? What do they want out of my life now? Right? It turns into this battle that you end up having over your children because God's not involved in it. The narrow gate. God, relationship, children. When you work that in your life, your life begins to change. You don't need the relief that the world wants to give you. You stay with the relief that God's given you and you follow his directions. But there aren't many that truly find it. Lots of people dance around it, 
pride gets in the way. I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm not inviting God in. You think you're walking godly, but you're really not inviting him in. You're not walking his words. You're walking around with his words in your pocket, not in your heart. John chapter 10, verse 10. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. Satan's coming to destroy us. Every single one of us. That's all he wants to do. He's 24-7. He's got demons that hang around us as much as angels hang around us. And they just want to constantly disrupt and interrupt what's going on in your life. And when you fall away from God, they take charge. And we go for the ride because the lust of our heart and the desires of our heart chase things other than God because we're not making God first. We're back in the wide gate. The first answer, alcohol and drugs. The world's full of it right now. Right? It's the biggest thing in the world right now, alcohol and drugs. <clears throat> then relationships, some silly relationship until someone gets a restraining order. Right? There's no restraining orders in the narrow gate, you know. Zero. There's no incarcerations in the narrow gate. There's the love of God in the narrow gate. Your life can change. You can, you can live this life. What does he promise? I have come that they may have life and that they may have, an, have it more abundantly. A greater life. That doesn't mean that there isn't going to be trouble, heartache, sorrow, pains, sufferings. Right? What, what was the first verse? Blessed is the man who endures temptation for while he has been approved he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him, right? What do you got to do to get to his promise? You got to endure pain. <laughs> and the pain is temptation. That's the only pain is temptation. It's not doing the drugs, it's the temptation of the drugs. And just saying, I'm not going there. But if I live in the world, I have to go through that pain because that's what I'm accepting rather than the love of Christ who says, you don't have to have that pain. I've removed that for you. Don't go there anymore. But my, my thought pattern, right, the way back in uh, James 1.15, right, desire conceived, right, desire of anything simple. How about switching the desire to the love of God, right? Nope, I have a desire to be with my wife. It's not a sin to want to be with my wife, of course not. Sin got involved in there, and that's why you may be where you are. That's where the changes are. <laughs> you know, I was talking with someone today, and uh, they mentioned a certain place. This place is back in Massachusetts called Harold Parker. It's a state park, right? You can stay there. We would stay there the entire summer. And what you had to do is you had to change the lot every two weeks, right? And every weekend, state police came in. <laughs> Had to remove some of us. There was so much pain in there. But then we went there. I went there with my wife and kids. And we stayed there and we did things correctly. But there still were some issues in there. 
we were working crazy shifts, but we got to spend the summer in Helwakaka in a blessed way. But there was times that it wasn't so blessed. There was a lot of trouble, and it was drugs and alcohol that caused the violence, that brought in the state police, that you end up barred from there forever. It was, it was craziness in that part. But I thought it was right to do. It was all self-righteousness. There was no God inside that. But we made it through. Eventually, in my life, clean, sober, doing all the meetings, doing everything right, eventually, the pain came that I dropped and I went right back into the world. I didn't bring God with me in any kind of way. I just brought the world. And ending up in the world, I got answers from the world and the world just kept feeding me more drugs, more drugs. Oh, that's not enough of that drug, we'll add this drug. That's not enough of that drug, we'll double them both, right? That's what they kept doing to me. They kept feeding me. Because my wife had to be the one that took them out of the pill jar, right? All 11 of them. This is what you got to take at this hour. This is what you got to take at that hour, right? No God. I lived in the world. That's what the world gave me. Now I don't live in that world. I don't live in that world. I don't take any medications at all, right? Because it wasn't true. It was all lies. I have come that they may have a life and that they may have it more abundantly. What a life I got, right? What a, I got this, right? I got this. I got people that come from other states to stop in when they show up, right? I got people that, every week we get someone from other states that stops in here one way or another. It's incredible. They get to bump into people. I got, I got, to, <laughs> I got to be with a man. I got to spend some time with this man. Um, he runs a satanic band out of Boston. He's been doing it 50 years. 50 years. And he prayed with me. And he read the Bible with me. Now, I don't know what he's done with the rest of his life. I know he's gone back into that world. But guess what? Seed was planted. Right? And it's up to God to fulfill that, not me. But if he can start with God first, our life changes. That's everything that we've talked about here today. Everything that's happened in our life, if God is first in all matters, then life becomes phenomenal. James chapter 2, verse 19. You believe there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. They believe in Jesus Christ, and when they know, they get fearful, right? Read scripture, go back into it, right? They run, they tremble. They have to hide when I'm, I tell them when they're coming upon me, man, they come at me sometimes, it's like, bro, I'm washed in the blood of Jesus, you gotta go away. And they gotta go. And they gotta go. But they think that they can make another move, so they wait for a moment. Right? They wait for a moment that my heart might be a little bit off and I'll have a desire and they'll, they'll, they'll wave that carrot out in front of me. They want me to go chase that carrot so that other people will say, see, he was lying. He's full of kapooey. He doesn't believe in God the way that he wants us to believe. Watch what Satan will do to him. That's right. Satan attacks constantly. He comes at me constantly. 
but I know that they know. They, I know that they know. Why? It just told me. I believe in one God. I do okay. And I know the demons believe and they're scared of them. But they want to get me to think that I won't. So they entice me. They do the lust of my heart, the lust of my eyes, and the pride of life. I got this. I can handle this. I'm going to do this. I can't do nothing. God has to be there first. He has to be in everything first. Now, sometimes I go charging out because my kids got to be first, and then I go, wait a minute, i got to slow down here. God's got to be first because that's what we want to do. But that's the pride of, of fatherhood. Right? It's got to be children first. I've got to take care of the relationship. When I was doing drugs, drugs were first. <laughs> That's all there was. Nothing else. Drugs were first. I ain't hurting none of them. Just a couple. I'll just drink a six-pack tonight. That's all I'll do. I ain't going to bother nobody. And wake up someplace I wish I never was. <laughs> so, in finalizing here, John 14, 6. Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. That's the belief in one God. I follow that God. I follow that way of life, right? I am the way. I follow that way. God first. I do the best I can with that. That's what I want to follow is Jesus first. Then my relationship then my kids, but always God first. And I used to, I say many times, I had a beer can, I had poked holes in it with a pen, I put my rock on it, out in the woods all by myself, me and my rock. I was in love, it was taking care of me, I was at peace. Will I lose everything in life just to go in the woods to hang out with Jesus? Just give my life so much to Jesus that when it hits the fan and I can't deal with nothing, it's me and Jesus. As much as it was me and that rock, will I get the satisfaction from Jesus as I did from that rock? The difference is the rock turned into powder nothing. Jesus never does. He's always there. He's my strength. He's my guidance. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I can follow or not follow. But God cannot fellowship with sin and will blame them for everything that happens in it. Amen? Amen. Heavenly Father, I, I just, I thank you for your book, your words, your understanding of everything that's in this book, Lord, is so precious that it brings life to life, abundantly, above abundantly. If there's anybody that hasn't received you, let this be the time, let this be the place. Just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I know you're the Son of God. Forgive me. Come into my heart and live. I want to know you. With that said, Lord, touch everybody. Touch everybody with peace in their heart and an abundance of love today like they've never had in their life before. With peace and calm and an understanding of you, Lord. Lift them up, encourage them, and bless them. In Jesus' precious name, amen.